Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to ask Mr. Greg Dickerson, who is my Monday expert, is what does he do with dead money? Or what does he, how does he teach? What does he talk about? And again, dead money is money or equity you have in an asset that maybe you leave there, maybe you don't. So uh, let's welcome Greg to the show. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. Awesome, man. What is the, again, what do you think about that whole notion of dead money? Are you, uh, is, is it a thing? Is it a word that you would use? Do you actually look at recycling capital? Do you just leave it there and pay stuff off? What do you think about this, this concept? Yeah, you know, I've always recycled capital along the way and refinance properties, pull equity out to grow and, you know, mm -hmm. with companies, with properties, things like that. You know, my philosophy has been, you know, to earn the most amount of money with the least amount of time, energy and effort possible while minimizing taxable events, you know, things like that, and to grow and compound cash. You know, that's been my goal, you know, to stack that, not necessarily property or assets, more of cash. And a lot of people may or may not agree with that, disagree, whatever, but cash is king. When the chips are down, cash is king. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's what gets deals done. And that's what, you know, he who, he who holds the gold makes the rules, right? And right yeah. now, cash is gold. So uh, it still is until it's not. And, you know, it may be one day that it's not. But uh, that's always been my philosophy. But yeah, you know, obviously, if you uh, pull the capital out, then it's a non-taxable event. Mm -hmm. um, you can leverage it and use it uh, to buy other, you know, to grow and scale your portfolio. So that's if you're, you know, in a growth mindset. And, you know, some people may want to use cash flow to pay properties off and, and own them free and clear or assets mm -hmm. and own them free and clear and not pull the equity out. And, you know, it's really it's an individual thing. It all depends on what your goals are where you are in your life and what you're doing. And with me, when I was younger, you know, taking a lot of risk and building equity fast, um, it made more sense to pull the equity out, mm -hmm. utilize that, hold the asset for a year and then sell it because I would get, you know, a short-term gain that could, you know, capture some appreciation, those types of things. In the meantime, I was able to leverage that equity right. and then keep it growing from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I don't think is talked about. There's, there's lots of people that ask questions, but I think you're right. There's so much about stage of life, right? If, if you're just starting out, recycling capital was a huge part of our growth. I wouldn't be here today without it. But, you know, when I'm 65 or 75 or whenever I want to kind of be done, you know, then it's going to be about, okay, you know, 50% LTV across the board or whatever it is, because it's just not going to matter, right? I'm going to have, a, have enough. The cash flow is going to, you know, fund everything. So I do think you're right. It's the phase of life. Are you growing? Are you stabilizing? What are you doing? I think that's pretty well said. Yeah, yeah recycle compound, you know, it's the Burr strategy. We've been using it forever. Um, yeah. You know, people have been using it in the industry forever. And, you know, before it was a buzzword and a meme. And mm -hmm. you can use it with businesses, companies, uh, you know, real estate, all types of assets. And, uh, you know, and, the, and then people will get to a point to where, you know, hey, if my day-to-day -day is taken care of and I have some discretionary income to do whatever I want to do, and I just don't want to make, I don't want to take any more risk. I don't want to do anything else. They can use the excess cash flow to pay the loans down and they owe them all free and clear mm -hmm. and then purchase cash, you yeah. know, purchase properties with cash moving forward. And you can do that at all levels with all types oh, yeah. of portfolios. Um, you know, so every strategy, you know, everybody's strategy is different. Everybody's, you know, place in life is different. And it's, you know, like long-term holding, like we had a thing the other day about diamond hands and holding. Mm -hmm. And yeah. some people, you know, disagree, some agree. Some people say the most wealthy people in the world you know, have gained that because they held forever. And again, you know, it all depends on what your basis is getting in. Yeah. Not everything goes up always forever. Yeah. Um, you and, know, and, what, and what you're holding, because if you're holding crap, it's always crap. You, you never know, you know, and real estate markets go in cycles. Now, property's gone up really forever for the history of time, you know, most areas, but we've had times where it's dropped down below basis. So, 
that it's all about where you enter and where you're at in the cycle when you need to exit. So things go up forever and holding always works. I mean, that's not always true all the time in every case, it mm -hmm. fluctuates. So mm -hmm. my thing has always been, you need to know the top and you need to exit when you can on your terms, not when you have to yeah. on somebody else's terms. And that's really the key. Too many people, when they think long-term hodling and diamond hands and all that, you know, they don't think about exiting. Yeah. Everybody exits, everybody liquidates. Yeah. Now, you want to do it on your your terms or do you want to do it on somebody else's terms? That's really the, what you really need to be thinking about. Yeah, and that's actually something I've been worried about in the commercial real estate market is there's an event, right? There's three, five, seven-year terms where you get a reappraise and if the value comes in light, you can be forced to sell even if you don't want. You can plan to hold the building forever, but if that refi comes in in a higher rate, higher cap rate environment and you don't have the money to cut the check, you could be forced to sell, right? They, they will take it over, kick you out, force to sell it. So it, it yeah, is- Yeah, very different times now than when like Warren Buffett, one of the greatest holders of all time, right? Yeah. He sells, he still sells and, yeah. and rotates, yeah. sure. but you know, the Warren Buffett days are gone. That strategy is just, it just doesn't work anymore because he got in before growth, right? Yeah. So we've seen the biggest bubble in, in the history of the world recently. So if you're if you're look at Kathy Wood and her portfolio, oh, I mean she got in the absolute top. And if we look at you know the dot com bubble, you know it took ten years for those stocks to recover. A lot of those companies. Now you're talking about Google, Facebook, all those. Those companies, you know, they got cut down ninety percent, some of them, and it took a long time for them to come back. So if you're buying them here mm -hmm. and the liquidity is running out around the world to prop these stocks up from a why are stocks where they are because of the valuations based on the interest rates mm -hmm. the money that the you know investors can borrow and leverage to to you know you know to make these trades and drive these assets up so what you're seeing now is a deleveraging and as the rates increase that leveraging ability goes down central banks tighten up um it, you won't be able to leverage up as much as you can so these you know 30 40x valuations you know sh they should be 20. So yeah. what we're seeing is a return to norm. So the question is, well, that could last another 10 years before they ever get back, you know, to where they were, unless Powell just comes back in March and says, never mind. Yeah. Oops, just kidding. <laughs> we're printing, you know. <laughs> yeah, I just put in another some more paper. We're good. I yeah. love this printer. You ever see those printer meetings yeah. with Powell? You know, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, one of the things that's funny, because one of the stocks I was trading back in the day was Cisco and uh, again, people could go just Google it, right? Cisco traded at whatever it was, 79 in, in late December of 99. 22 years later, Greg, it's still not back. So there was a, there's an article out there about that CEO of that company that made this infamous speech and it's, you know, very short speech. And he's like, what were we thinking? <laughs> you know, that was the title of it. And he talks about, you know, the valuation on a company that had no earnings at 100x he said, you know, we would have to, you know, put no, we would have to, you know, make no profit, put mo no money into research. Uh, you know, he's just all these little things that he cited in order to return to the investors yeah. a dividend. He's like, what were we thinking? It's, it's pretty incredible, you know, to go back and hear some of the CEOs at that time going, it was just nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, uh, it was crazy. Well, uh, I have a, let's, let's sneak it in here. I was going to make it a fifth video, but we'll do it right here. I know our time is short. I want to talk about the yield curve. Right, the yield curve is often cited as a recession indicator where when the two uh, is above the 10, that is often quoted two and tens, it is flattening, right? And I think, I think what that means is the Fed controls or has most influence on the short, 
right? That's that's what they that's what they influence. The the ten year is really well out there, and I think what it's telling us because it's not rising as fast. The spread's only 0.6 today. I checked this morning. I think they see stagflation. I think they I think the bond market is trying to tell people the economy is not healthy. Is that fair? Yeah, that's the message it's it's sending and signaling. And I think the last time we saw these conditions was it 2018, 2019, when the U.S. was inverted. Yeah, 2018. Yep. So you know the Fed had to reverse course. So you know they're kind of saying the same thing. So they're you know the real question is uh, you know the Fed sent the markets a message. Mm -hmm. Party's over. The markets are sending. Fed a message? No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't believe you. That's what they're saying. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see who's right, but the general thinking and consensus, and really, you can you can prove it back through the through the history of our markets. The bond market is always right, and it's always forward looking. Yeah. You know, the markets are never wrong. So, you know, people can agree or disagree with that, but you can you can back check that throughout the history yeah. of time, and that bond market's always been pretty good. Yeah, the bond market dwarfs equity market. People don't realize how big the bond market is. And yeah, historically speaking, there's just so much money in the bond market. And, and that's actually going back to, I think, conversation number three. That's why I'm particularly nervous about quantitative tightening, right? We've seen quantitative easing. We know how to do that. We haven't proven quantitative tightening and how to do it. And, and the Fed released a paper, I want to say two weeks ago on their thoughts. And I... It was a hard read. It was very theoretical. And I'm like, these people don't know what they're doing. It's it's going to be messy, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And, yeah, but the good news is there's always opportunities. Too. Oh, yeah, you for know, sure. A lot of people that, uh, you know, maybe watching this didn't go through 2008-9. They didn't go through, you know, the 2000s. So they really don't know what it looks like when these things happen and they think we're being bearish and doom and gloom and all that and it's really not the case it's not just at all. we know what can happen yeah we've been through it we understand and we've seen it firsthand you know what happens when these market accidents occur and uh you know we're on the verge of one right now and uh you know the cryptocurrency space bitcoin did not exist during any of these cycles yeah. The only thing they've seen anything close was the March pandemic, you know, sell off that which was temporary. Yeah. Uh, and you saw how they reacted. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you just got to be careful. You just got to be aware. You got to follow the markets and, you know, pay attention to the bond and, you know, yield curves. But more importantly, it's it's the Fed. And it's not yeah. what they say. It's what, it's what they, they do. do. What they say can help you make short term decisions. But what they ultimately do in terms of instituting the policy, that's the key. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting time. 2022 is going to be interesting. And again, I am not bearish or I'm not afraid on all that. I'm excited. Uh, there's a lot of money to be made uh, when, you know, prices, assets reset, fear comes in, people rush or panic. It's a great time to be very selective and, and make some money moves. So I'm excited. Absolutely. By yeah, I'm opportunistic. And it's funny, you know, like you talk about comments, somebody put down, are those guys short? I don't do that. I don't show yeah. I don't use leverage. I don't do any of that. I'm no an optimistic investor, extremely positive. And, you know, but I know risk. I understand it. I know how to calculate it and I know what can happen. So yeah. you always have to be as a prudent investor. You always have to be looking for and assessing risk. Yeah. And, you know, uh, back in my early days, I was a, I was nothing but bullish, man. I was yeah. like, real estate market. It's just going up. I mean, yeah. not any more land. Yeah. It's, you know, interest rates are. How cheap. can the outer banks go bad? There's nobody, there's more land. Yeah. <laughs> 
hey man i was just like it's not good because i was being warned by the old timers that oh, went yeah. through it you know i'm not an old timer but you know the guys that went through the 80s 80s and, yeah right they were telling me they're like man look it can show up like a faucet i'm like ah pipe down <laughs> you boomer you don't know what you're talking about it's just going up forever this time and is they different were, <laughs> they were like all right young man come see me in you know 10 15 years and sure enough 2008 and 9 boom ouch yeah very cool, man. This has been a great conversation. I always appreciate our Mondays. It's wonderful to start my week with you. How can people find you? Yeah, gregdickerson.com. All my info's there, YouTube channel, podcast. Go check it out. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it.